Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I am your host, Nana Bonsu. I am the uh, president and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.inf.com. And what we focus on is on helping business owners create a sellable business that gives them more options, whether they want to transfer their business to their children or whether they want to sell outright or whether they want to go public. Uh, we utilize a system to help um, to help business owners uh, work side by side with them to put them on the same equal footing as uh, acquirers or may even make their business more fun to run. Uh, this uh, this week's episode of Build Value by Choice um, podcast show is going to be focused on the mergers and acquisitions uh, market. And I have a professional uh, who's joined me on the show. His name is Christoph. And Christoph is based out in Europe. And uh, he specializes in acquiring uh, business service companies and marketing uh, companies. And uh, I, have not, I have him on this week to talk about his perspective uh, from the other side of acquiring uh, businesses and what he sees uh, um, as far as um, deals and, and what are some of the mistakes or some of the challenges that business owners come to the table with. Welcome to the show, um, Christoph. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's exciting. Let's go. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Christoph, so um, if you don't mind uh, giving us a little bit of background of you, how you got started in uh, doing what you do and, uh, and what, got, what got you so passionate about this particular venture of, uh, of acquisitions? Yeah, sure. So after my high school, I started in the, I started, uh, in the sales, uh, sales job. And it was in the financial industry. So pretty quickly, I got uh, I got uh, introduced to uh, stocks and other different uh, assets, and I started in that. Then I transitioned to make like a long story pretty short. I saw, I also uh, run a real estate uh, real estate investment investment fund. And after a couple of years, uh, I was uh, like involved in the real estate and financial markets. And I got like really good at that. And then I sold all the real estate holdings that I had. So I need to start to manage money, uh, my money much more. And being in the stock market didn't get to give me a perspective of uh, analyzing companies and really understand the financial stuff. And then at the end, I was like, what other assets that I can invest in and can uh, get an um, education and learn it? And it was, uh, it was a company. So I decided... I will start to look at uh, small and medium-sized businesses, so I don't need just to like uh, find the good companies on the stock markets and hope that stock will go up. But I can do something with that, right? Mm -hmm. And because I was uh, I was uh, great in the financial financial stuff and CFO stuff and things like that, I was able to help companies to uh, to optimize cash flow, uh, profits, and things like that. And make them more valuable so i decided okay let's uh, let's uh, do that and before that i was starting a couple of companies and closed a couple of them because it wasn't successful and i learned pretty quickly that i'm much better in terms of like uh optimizing and maximizing things that already exist mm -hmm. than creating the new stuff right so a lot of people are talking about how to start uh, startups or new companies and I just learned if I can take something that's already exists, has a proof of concept, is a customer's 
uh, employees and everything, but needs to go to the next level. That's when I my skill set is uh, the highest and best use. And then it went full circle. I bought a financial uh, investment uh, company, an advisory company. Uh, now we also own a development company. So I got back by doing those deals to the real estate and financial markets and uh, having the company that, uh, that uh, sells insurance and mortgages and things like that. So yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it. And after a couple of years of sitting uh, and just watching my computer and watching the charts on the stock market, I was so happy to go back and start to talking with people again. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, that was great again. And it, everything was like put together in terms of being in the sales process because like buying businesses and investing in, in, in businesses, it's still the sales process because you need to find those type of deals, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, do a great deals with the, with the business owners. So, so it's win-win for everybody and it works uh, to get their uh, outcomes faster and your outcomes faster as well. So, I, I guess that's like quick overview. And you mentioned that I'm I'm in Europe. That's that's right. But I'm mostly focused on the deals in the U.S. Actually. Um, oh, okay. And and typically, um, typically, um, how do you see the difference? I mean, I imagine there's a reason why you focus more on the U.S. market than the European market. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit more? Um, just yeah, sure. So I I I believe like just. I'm from originally from the small small country of like 10 million people. So for me, US was uh, always about like bigger scale and bigger bigger economy. And I believe, and it's true with businesses, right? And we will probably discuss that that bigger is better. So if you have bigger business, it's more valuable, right? So that was my thinking behind just wanting to uh, to uh, do business in the US, which I do for the last 10 years. And uh, but in the US, you have more options in terms of financing and things like that. I cannot speak about all Europe, but because UK is, for for example, much different than uh, Czech Republic, where I'm uh, where I'm from. But if I compare my home country with the US, definitely there's more options for financing in terms of buying and either than like a selling because it's more, I guess, uh, more. Um, a sophisticated economy in terms of capitalism and doing things like that. Just having the SBA type of loans is something that we don't have. It would be exciting to have. So I, w- I would say that's uh, that's uh, that's biggest uh, biggest difference. And if I, for example, we help also companies take public, and if we are talking with the companies in the UK, for example, uh, they are much much more likely to do these type of uh, these kind of deals. Because, for example, in the U.S., you can sell very comfortably and for great terms uh, your business to your employees uh, using things like ESOPs and things like that. So I, I would say like more options uh, to solve uh, more things in terms of fi- financing and, and uh, finding investors and things like that, which is great, but everybody has the same advantage, right? So sometimes disadvantages could be disadvantages. So... Uh, sometimes I take something that works in the U.S. and apply in my country, and it's like something completely new. So that's kind of exciting. But yeah, I would say that's the biggest uh, biggest difference. Uh, but for example, in my in my country, the companies are, for example, valued higher because mm-hmm. we don't have that much 
in the US, you have like this baby boomer wave that will be selling a lot of businesses uh, right now. But uh, I, I guess there's another decade that uh, still will be true that people will want to transfer. And that put pressure on the prices in terms of like uh, not uh, being that valuable, especially if you have small, medium-sized business, right? From mm-hmm. $1 million to let's say $10 million. So yeah, I, I would say that's the biggest uh, difference that I see. And how long does it typically take to do a deal? Yeah, so I would say uh, I'm always looking for ways how to how to do it as quickly as possible because. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it depends. It depends on the on the how the business owner is open and how the business is ready, which is something that I know you are helping business owners to prepare their business so they are much more valuable. And then if they are really valuable, uh, it will be much easier to find a, a great uh, deal in terms of great terms and not that money, uh, not that much money in terms of like seller financing and things like that. So what I typically find the deals in the small and medium-sized businesses is businesses that are not ready. And then sometimes it's hard to uh, get really quickly, uh, really close to the same uh, expectations, I guess, uh, for the business, how much business is worth and what's the realistic like value that those, uh, those business owners can get. And it's a huge gap all over the world, uh, I believe. So, for 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 myself, when we got the opportunity to buy some business, we are usually we we, we basically guarantee that we will give an offer uh, in less than fourteen days if we get all the informations. Uh, so that's how we are uh, looking to do do stuff, and it, it's different on the scale and the type of buyer. So for me, I'm focusing on uh, owner managed businesses. So it's more like one-on-one type of thing, uh, mm-hmm. type of thing right? So I, I have phone call with the business owner uh, discussing what they want to do, how they build the business, what's the most important in the transition for them. If you go to, to the higher deals, uh, especially the low, those like a really high one that uh, you are just two lawyers or board of lawyers talking to each uh, other, right? If you are working with the deals that are, uh, for example, on public market and things like that. So uh, my my approach is making it as, as smooth as possible. So as m- less people as possible are involved. So it's more like one-on-one and trying to find the ways how to, how to do these type of deals. So, uh, for me, I, I believe I can like give offer for any business in any condition, but uh, because sometimes people need to sell those businesses really quickly because something happens and they didn't prepare the business in the first place. So it it depends. I, I know it's like a, not a great, great answer, but uh, if I am looking to sell business that I, I buy, I'm making it as prepared as possible so the transition uh, transaction is much quicker. So it depends on how the business how the business is prepared and what will be the the final uh, final buyer if you want to sell to transition uh, to uh, buy in the same industry. Uh, it will be again different that if you will be looking for bigger uh, private equity companies. So uh, so it depends. But my approach is to find ways as quick as possible. And work uh, to close the deals and not talking about them for a long uh, time if it's not necessary, right? 
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the, the, the answer is it, it really it, it depends, right? There's a, there's a varied, um, you know, a varied gamut of reasons um, for why a, a deal could go quickly or, you know, it could take too, you know, a long time, maybe, you know, a year to, to execute. Um, and so, like, how do you position yourself uh, when you acquire investors, for instance, a, a bigger private equity institution or a bigger company that may be looking to acquire a, a company to achieve some kind of, um, you know, growth target? Um, I, I think I think uh, part of it is probably you're more nimble, but is that is that the the one uh, trump card that you have over like you know bigger private equity firms? Yeah, yeah, I I I, I believe that because uh, like these small and medium sized businesses that are owned by owner managers, like it's their babies, right? It's not mm-hmm. like big corporation. Uh, bought a business five years ago and then trying to sell it because it's either goes well and they want to sell it for premium or or not well and they just want to get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more like uh, I don't believe like having a big te- a deal team uh, around me with the lawyers and accountants and going to the business and trying to make it uh, as as big as possible. So I'm trying to be as as small as possible. Definitely, we need to find to have investors or financing. We need to have lawyers and accountants and financiers involved. But at the early stage, it's more about like dealing one-on-one and making the decisions quickly, which if you are looking for bigger private equity companies, uh, they usually go to your business and do really big due diligence before they give you any offer. And it could be, it could be, uh, sometimes it could be even disruptive to to the business in not the great way, but the bad way, because you need to focus so much on, uh, making the, the transition uh, uh, transaction that sometimes the business owners are not doing anything else, which should be the ideal. I believe the business owner should move from being a business operator, uh, running business uh, day by day, uh, uh, day by day, and big owners that will discuss only exits and mergers and acquisitions and doing partnerships kind of deals. I believe it's a uh, next step on the entrepreneurial ladder. But uh, but uh, that's not true for many businesses, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say I, I would say that that's the biggest biggest thing that we can move really quickly, and it's not that I need to get approval from a lot of a lot of other people and uh, from the board or something like that. And it, again, different uh, d- uh, depends on the on the kind of uh, kind of deal. If the business is really great and it's really ready for sale and there's a lot of value in it, then we need to have financiers and maybe other investors to bring in. And it can start to be a little bit more complicated. But to be honest, like that's a great thing that you do what you do because there's not that many companies like that, unfortunately, uh, which make these transition transactions a little bit harder because people think that they have diamonds and uh, usually then they don't. Right, right. So typically, um, the um, I mean, there's there's a two part, you know, th- you know two parts to this. So just kind of pivoting off of what you just mentioned. One is that um, one is where's where do you typically see the biggest you know gap in terms of the 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 worth of the business? Where you know the you see it one way in the business. Obviously, it being their baby, they they probably have an inflated sense of what the business is worth. Or maybe they looked at whatever their buddies, you know, sold their business for, and they think they should get the same, if not more. And also, like um, you mentioned, something about a lot of times they come to the table uh, unprepared. 
uh, mm-hmm. in terms of their business. Um, and so how long would you suggest on average, like the ones that come to you, how do you compare and contrast the ones that come to the table prepared versus the ones that are not? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, great question. So, uh, so, so first thing in terms of, uh, in terms of being, uh, being prepared, like, uh, it's, it's ex- expectations for sure. Uh, so uh, it's interesting because it's not like it's it's obvious. But uh, if I speak with somebody who already sold the business or have done it a couple of times, they know what what will happen, right? So mm-hmm. usually, if I speak with somebody who sold a couple of businesses, I had the discussion last week, and they have a great business prepared for sale. They had great margins, great management team, so owners were not involved. Everything was uh, was uh, was working smoothly, so it was hard to talk about that the business is not worth that much, or we need to have a, a lot of uh, terms. And the business was worth a lot. Uh, and but a lot of business business owners, and it's connected to the second questions. Like what I see, it's two type of uh, business owners that I speak with uh, uh, on the phone calls. So first of those people are the people that uh, they are not thinking about selling their business. They maybe contacted us because they want to grow their business or they can have some uh, challenges with, with cash flow or something like that. And I'm discussing with them similar things that you are discussing with the business owners. It's like make the business prepare for sale, even if you don't want to sell it. And most of those people will tell me stories about, I don't want to sell it. Like I want to keep it forever. Uh, etc. And the second uh, second people that I speak with is they call me in a maybe even like a panic mode that they won't need to sell the business like yesterday was too late, right? Because they are ill or they need to step uh, they need to step down or somebody in the family needs to uh, needs to be taken care of and they need to sell the business immediately. And these people are not prepared because they have never thought about it and they were probably the first person just a couple of months or years ago trying to convince somebody else that they will never want to sell the business, right? And that's that's, that's the challenge that people don't have this in my, the end goal in mind. So my suggestion would be to start thinking about it as soon as possible. So yesterday was like 10 years ago or where you started the business was the best time to start thinking about it. And next uh, best time is uh, is right now. So think about what's your exit strategy if you would you want to sell it uh, for how much, and think about it from this uh, this end goal in mind. And then if you go and looking to sell the business, do a little bit of research because sometimes, like the expectations is, is the biggest biggest challenge. Like we can find the deal how to sometimes give uh, whatever like a business owner's needs if the business has a cash flow or profits and things like that because we need to we can structure uh deals uh, that way but if somebody approached me with hundred thousand dollar ebit uh profit company uh looking for 1.2 million which happened which happened to me like uh last week like you are not able to do any deal right because the business is not valued that much and uh, if I would uh, want to give it to them, I would need to pay it over 20 years, right? Because there's not a lot of profits or value. So it's very hard then to do anything. 
And it's like painful for both parties because uh, you feel like uh, they, they feel sometimes business owners, I see that they feel like if they get the offer for the business, they feel like it's owner for their, basically their self-worth basically, right? Because they spend like mm-hmm. 30 years building the business. Uh, mm-hmm. So they feel like, uh, yeah, we are giving them bad offer. Uh, but yeah, you are selling the business, not yourself, right? And I believe if the business owners think about that their business is their product, not the product of the business, it will be a huge, a huge difference, right? So that's how business owners should, should think about. And uh, then you can start to thinking about, okay, if my business is my product, what's my ID client for the business, right? Could it be competitor? Could, uh, could it be somebody who is having the same client base, but different products and they can cross sell and create more value and things like that. So yeah, start to think about it as soon as possible. And if you are in the process that you need to sell, do a little bit of research and think, think about what's realistic. So uh, just for the research, like I discussed it uh, yesterday with some of my colleagues, like website that is selling a lot of uh, businesses through brokers, uh, bizbysell.com. You can they have a reports that you can look at the average like a transaction amounts of multiple. So and you can see for your location and for your sector what's the like a multiple of the profits that you have. So at least look at that and if you can increase it by fifty percent and say like we have this unique or that unique, so we are more valuable than the average. But if you come to me and say, like, we are 10 times more valuable than everybody else, still, I, as an owner, working in the business full time, so you need to invest money to buy a job to then go f- work full out, uh, full time. And uh, I'm running the sales and don't have any processes and don't have any management team. That business is probably not even that valuable because it's not the business, it's the job. So there's a lot of things that goes through that and if uh, if those business owners uh don't need to like do it really quickly we can do type of deals that we get some part of it for the valuation right now help them to get to the higher valuation and they buy then buy the rest after the like some things to get the valuation higher are done so these things can can happen but then it's about the expectations and understanding okay i'm not where i need to be to get that money that i need and there needs to be a, a, a work done but an average i would say like two years before before selling the business is a great time uh great time to think about it because ideally you would like to show the buyer like two years of full accounts after these changes when you hire the management team. So maybe even sooner than two years, so three years. So you can show these numbers and say like, hey, ideally as an owner, you will be sitting on the beach doing nothing. And the business would work uh, <clears throat> by itself and it will be really the business and not, not the job. That would be the ideal scenario. This thing that we like uh, usually working the most is that the business owner is still involved and we don't necessarily need to discount these deals because they are working in the business, but we need to find a way how to make a smooth transition, right? Because that could be like a big disruption to the business. Uh, 
So, but then you need, as an owner, you need to sell for a longer period of time for the transition, maybe even for a year. Some other companies could link the earnout to it, so you will not, uh, you will not get uh, cash the day one, which is kind of hard to get for these smaller deals. A lot of cash up front because not a lot of these businesses have like value in it on the day one, right? Most of it is the theoretical profits that the business will generate in the future. So, yeah, think about it in the uh, in advance. Think about it from the beginning, if I should summarize it. And uh, yeah, and work with somebody who has done that or knows how to optimize these things. Like it will, it could be the best investment that you, you will make for your business because uh, yeah, I believe that business owners are not, uh, will not get wealthy by running businesses. They need to, at the end, they need to exit. And that's, that should be the biggest, biggest chunk. But if you work 30 years thinking not you are you will not sell the business and then you will wake up one day and realize you need to because something happened yeah that's not a great thing uh, place to be after 30 years of working right yeah so yeah so i mean if i if i may um if i may put my own kind of encapsulation of what you just said and obviously yeah. you shed a lot of wisdom there and uh, that's great which is from for business owners a lot of times they have the identity tied into the business. So when there is a gap between whether you know whether an acquirer thinks their business is worth and what they think is worth, they take it personally because they feel like the amount of time they've put in, whether it's 30 years or 20 years, it's not being valued. But it's not about it's not about them, it's about the business. And therefore they need to decouple their personal ego from from the business, you know, the business valuation itself. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing you mentioned was um, the other thing you mentioned was, hey, um, you need to um, you know, think of the business, and it's a mindset shift that a lot of times uh, you know business owners uh, sometimes miss, which is that the business is your product, not the product that you sell. You sell. So there's two different customers. One is the products and or services that you sell to consumers, and then there's uh, customers. Uh, which is the acquirer or the M&A people, the private equity or strategic acquirer who is looking to buy your business. And so that is where you look at your business as the product. So ideally, you probably may have like salespeople or marketing people handle the the consumers of, of your product, the things that you make or produce, but then you should be focused on the business entity as a whole, as yeah. a product. That you you would uh, pitch or market or sell eventually to uh, an acquirer, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Uh, thousand percent. Like, uh, but yeah, like the first thing that you mentioned, like the valuation of it, like it's it's crazy. Like if you look at the average multiples on these websites, for example, you will see that the average like a small companies are valued to like two to four times profit. So you you are working 30 years to build a business that will uh, be making a high, uh, like $100,000 a year and you will sell it for $200,000. It's not great, but that's how the market is. So, mm-hmm. and that puts even more pressure of thinking about it. So in the past, where not every baby boomer start to selling their business, which is the situation that we have right now. So it's buyer's market for sure. 
you can probably sell the business for higher multiples. That's why in my country, the multiples are generally higher because there's not that many businesses for sale. And we are a little bit late in terms of demographics. So we will be in the same place after 10 years or so. Uh, so yeah, that puts even more, even more pressure. So I understand when I give business owners the calculation, like based on the really like the how much the business is worth by ongoing concern, it's uh uh yeah, it's not great. Like I understand that, but that's also opportunity. So uh, we didn't discuss that, but what sometimes I like to do is helping uh, helping other businesses to buy other businesses because you can, if, if especially if you have bigger company, you can mm-hmm. start b- buying smaller companies that maybe you have bigger company that is valued five times and you can start uh, buying companies for two times, three times, or doing some type of different deals that maybe don't even need your own cash to do uh, to acquire more customers, products, services, to make the business better, uh, bigger, better, cross-sell, and these, do these type of strategic things. And then uh, you can sell the whole group for much, uh, much higher, higher price. So even if you are not M&A professional or don't want to do the M&A, I believe you should build the, your business to the point that you can start not working in your business. And I would say... You have like a lot of discussions about what's working in the business and on the business, but mm-hmm. we are talking about MA uh, transition uh, transaction and uh, things like that. I believe working on the business is if you are talking about exits, mergers, acquisitions, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures. If you do anything else, you are working in the business because you are solving customer problems or uh, client or employee problems. So if you are dealing with the customers and employees. You are working in the business, no matter mm. whether you are uh, doing systems or preparing uh, yeah, things like uh, uh, things that will help you manage your business. So you should, if you want to sell the business, you should move to the another level and start thinking about how to do these type of deals that will enhance the value of your business. And it will help you to go outside of the business and think about as a, as a product, as you mentioned. So yeah, thousand even more like the hundreds thousand percent that's uh that's right and it's it's not great like i i understand like if i would work 30 years for getting the business to maybe one million dollars and like if you look at the statistic it's terrible like right if you have like one million dollar business in the u.s plus like you are I believe like 1% of the business or 5% of all the businesses, it's like crazy, right? With mm-hmm. the average profit margin, you can have like $100,000 profit. So and with the average multiple, your business is valued like 200 to maybe 500 if it's great business, probably not. So 200 to 400, and it's your whole 30 years of work uh, value yeah. that you created. It's not great. Like I understand, I would be angry as well. But uh, this is the market. So you need to think about how to, on one side, increase the profits and the size of the business because uh, bigger is more beautiful and more valuable uh, just because you are beating the odds of those statistics. Like if you have business over $10 million, I have it on my website. It's like you are uh, 1.4% of uh, 1,000 businesses, like right. something crazy like right so if you uh, you you want to be bigger you want to be more profitable 
you want to have a great cash flowing business. So, and that's another issue we, we can talk about for a long time. And then you need to think about the intangible stuff like, do I work in the business or do I think work outside of the business working on the exits and really be really starting to look at how to make my product more valuable, the business itself and uh, other things like that. So these two things you need to play with. And uh, um, yeah, ideally you would want to practice over your uh, like a career by building businesses and selling a couple of them uh, throughout the process, right? Throughout your career. So you can have a practice and not put all your baskets or your eggs into one basket that you will build one great company and you will sell it one time because usually you will probably do something uh yeah nobody has done the great job at the first time right right first time is always the learning so if you have one product your one your business that you need to sell work with somebody that can help you either investor that will help you to make the business more valuable because they will be looking to uh, they will be looking to make it valuable so they can sell it or with somebody like you that uh, can help you with uh, consult with them and work with them throughout the process to uh, make it more valuable. And we are uh, using the similar processes to make our businesses more valuable, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I highly recommend recommend that. Yeah, and I think I think um, you brought up a couple of things that I wanted to kind of highlight. One is that one is the valuation uh, side of it, which is that you may have a million um, dollar uh, annual sales. But if your profit is like hundred thousand, and the um, and the valuation or the purchase price comes to let's just say three times your net profit, you're gonna end up with like three hundred thousand valuation, and you may you may scoff at it, you know, be like, you're gonna give me three hundred thousand for a business that generates hundred uh, million dollars in revenue, and. And that depends, right? Because not every business is going to, you know, you may be thinking that you should be getting three times your revenue, but yeah, the, the market may be, you know, looking at three times your profit. So that may be, a, you know, one of the disconnects, which is why you need to look at uh, uh, sites like uh, bizbuysell.com, like you mentioned earlier, to just kind of see what the, what the market and the, value, the market valuation is so that you have a more realistic assessment of where you are with your business. And don't look at the public companies, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I see like people looking at the um, public companies and they say like, hey, this company is valued like 30 times. So I am valued 15 times. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that, yeah. that doesn't work. Like just, just to finish this thought, like if you look at the same size businesses that are public and they are not public, like private and public, uh, the public will be usually 25, 20 to 30% more valuable just because they are liquid, right? Liquidity mm-hmm. is a great thing. So don't look at the public companies. It's a completely different game. Like if you want to buy a couple of businesses or build your business by other acquisitions and then take it public, like, yeah, great. That's things that I, I, I love to do. Uh, and it can be a great way how to, how to, uh, how to uh, get a lot of money from yourself personally out of the business. And if you have business with over $1 million, you can take your business uh, public, but uh, by some uh, some options, and then you can use public stocks to buy other businesses and things like that. We can discuss that in, uh, in more details, but like you can do this type of stuff to use it uh, to create wealth for yourself, but please don't look at it in terms of valuation. And sometimes it's happened to me, like uh, people 
give me something like that. And then it's kind of even hard. Like I'm trying to find ways for everybody and trying to give value to everybody that I speak with, uh, at least some advice. And it's kind of hard to tell them like, I'm sorry, like, it's not like that. Like it's, it's different, right? Like don't be disappointed mm -hmm. by just having the expectation so high that then it will be so low that even the great, then that could be an issue because you can then get the great deal in terms of market and the value and you will not take it, right? Because mm -hmm. you will feel like it's not that, it's, it should be much more. But if it's not realistic, like you will be disappointed. So before you mentally spend the money that you feel you will get for your business, like do this research and talk with somebody. I wouldn't spend a lot of money uh, getting those like uh, official appraiser, appraisers because mm -hmm. that's a not, not great. Like the business is valued uh, based on how much somebody will be able to give you. Uh, so the appraising value is not great. It's not real estate that you will look at then similar uh, real estate in your area, right? And you can assess how much value it is. Business is completely different game with thousands of moving pieces. So I wouldn't, that happened to me sometimes as well. Like we had our business appraised, so we will send it to you. And sometimes it's it's good, but sometimes it's not. Uh, usually it's not. And I say like, did you get the offer for the same amount of money? Yeah. Because if yes, yeah. then I can, I, I will probably be out of the game, but if he didn't get any value, it's just like a theory. It's like profits that doesn't exist. Right. It's just a theory. So these things I would be, uh, I would be um, uh, careful about. You can have it for like a idea, idea, but uh, yeah, the first thing how you can turn off the potential buyers, give them something that is completely out of, reality and this world like um, yeah it's what it your your house or your property or your asset is what whatever the market will pay for and now what some appraiser is i mean the appraisers appraisal you know helps in terms of um maybe you having an idea but it doesn't you know you shouldn't expect that you're going to get the exact same number that you know in the market that the appraiser has on, on the appraisal report um yeah. That's why we offer, uh, if people go to INF, www.infhorizons.com, we provide free valuation. And I, I, I encourage business owners to take advantage of that because you get like a 30-page report that tells you the uh, eight key drivers uh, of value in your business. And uh, you get an ancillary report and, uh, you know, you get to, you know, you gave me some suggestions and some red flags. Um, so you're better prepared. Um, you know, when the time comes, you know, whenever you decide to transition, whether to your kids or whether you want to sell. So that is, uh, that is a, a very important first step. So people can go to infhorizons.com, you know, forward slash podcast and, and get more content. Then also there's a button to get free valuation. Uh, I would definitely, I would definitely encourage business owners to take advantage of that. Um, now, one of the things that, um, um, you also mentioned, uh, which which I thought was uh, uh, was important, um, is this um, you know this idea of um, you know when they what percentage this idea of you know, working on if they are doing anything other than uh, looking at the external view that is you know talking to M and A uh, merchants and acquisition people, private equity people to see what they look for in their company just to kind of help them in in their good decision making. Uh, if they don't, if they're not doing that, if they're doing things like, you know, whether it's building systems or managing uh, employees or whatnot, that's working in the business. What would be, 
I mean, ideally, I'm sure, I'm sure the, there's two ends of the spectrum, right? There's 100% just completely not involved in day-to-day, right? That's almost like you, you're semi-retired. You're basically kind of almost like going into the uh, exec, non-executive boardroom as a yeah, chairman. Or something like <laughs> right, right. And then uh, you, <laughs> yeah, you being the owner operator, uh, where, what, um, what uh, Michael Gerber uh, calls, uh, the author Michael Gerber calls the technician, where you basically kind of are running and operating everything. Um, yeah. So, what do you, uh, do you have any kind of um, suggestion along the spectrum, um, depending on where they are in your journey? Um, you know, what they what they should strive for in terms of you know the percentage you know breakdown or how much time they spend uh, and then the second thing to follow up on that is um yeah just i'll just say just you know kind of finish that but i'll say the second one will be uh a lot of times you talked about ideally they would have you know built and sold a couple of businesses to get the experience but for a lot of business owners um that business is is going to be um, the only thing that they ever do is kind of like a uh, captain's uh, uh, Sully, uh, you know, who landed the the plane on the uh, New York River. Um, he had been practicing, you know, hand gliding, uh, you know, gliding, uh, helicopter gliding for a long time until that uh, bird strike, you know, forced him to land the plane on the river. And he was the one person that was in the right position to do it because. Otherwise, any other pilot who had in practice gliding would have, you know, completely yeah. crashed the plane and, you know, you know, broken the plane into multiple pieces and killed a lot of people. So on the one hand, a lot of business owners won't have the opportunity to have gone through a lot of different exits to get to get the hang of it. Uh, but on the other hand, what would you have? Um, uh, and I guess the, the best thing for them to do would be, like you said, to work with either an investor or like uh, an advisor like myself to kind of help them you know, you know, through the process to think through what they need to do to get ready for that. Um, so just wanted to kind of um, touch on those two things, the percentage breakdown between working the business and out the business um, during the course of, you know, as they approach the exit, uh, how they should be gauging or, you know, or, or, or they should be, um, they should be creating the goals. Uh, and then the the other thing would be just, you know, a little bit more color on um, for business owners who don't have the opportunity to be uh, exiting and, and, you know, creating new businesses, just um, how they can best protect themselves uh, so that they don't get a short end of the deal when the time comes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, the first uh, answer to the question about the percentages, it all depends whether you are looking, uh, like you can go 100%, right, and just be on the beach and playing with your kids or grandkids and just be happy chairman, I guess. Uh, and just talking with the, with the potential buyers and trying to find a deal that will be great or, and having like a realistic valuation by getting these offers, right, mm-hmm. and just saying no to them if you don't want to sell it. Uh, but if you are looking to go to the next level, and it's tied to the second question as well, like if you go to the, want to go to the uh, another level, I would start to thinking about how to grow your business and the value of your business by doing these type of deals. So both on other uh, companies to your 
uh, yours, doing joint ventures, doing partnerships. So if you are looking to add this, like a mergers and acquisition strategy, how to grow your business, it will be much more time, right? Because if you will be like just looking for the sellers, for the buyers for your business, you still can probably spend 80, 90% of your time working in the business, doing what you love. Just if you are looking to sell, think about the how, how uh, to make the transition as smooth as possible. So maybe start to think about the second person that can take over your responsibilities if you decide to sell. So then you can, if you approach, if you approach the buyer, you can say like, hey, I'm still doing this in my business because I just love to do it. And I can still do it for couple of months or something like that in the trans- uh, transition or just oversees the business in this terms and, and as advisor or advisor board or whatever. But there is the second person that knows everything and he's able to step up the, fir- the last minute notice and take over these responsibilities because he's able to do that. So if you don't still want to work with the business, because sometimes a lot of like a, not a lot of, but sometimes I got the deal on the table that business owner want to stay working in some part of the business. We had the car repair shop and he want to just work on the cars, but don't think about growing the business, sales, marketing, right? So he was looking to, hey, let's buy my business. You can take over this one and I will be the person that will take care of the car so your customers will be super happy but i just don't want to deal with the with the other things that cars for example so uh, things like that can happen i had discussion with company uh with the advisor uh, with the advisor of the company that uh, they were like architects architect and they wanted uh, the owner also wanted to just do architecture and don't do anything else and looking to sell to somebody who will be able to take over the sales and marketing and uh, managing employees. So if you are looking to stay, like uh, find somebody who can take over if you need to go before because something happened or at least create procedures and things like that. So it will be easy to follow and not have all your expertise in your head. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like those business owners are, uh, the best salesperson, the best engineering person, the best person doing something that is really important for either sales and marketing to grow the business or delivery of the product. And that's not great. So uh, do systems, procedures work on these th- things like that. So your new CEO or uh, whoever can just look at it and see, okay, that this is how we should have done these type of things. So it's it's easy to do. Uh, so then if you are just looking to uh, to test the market and see whether you get a good offer and talking with the buyers, you can still do like 90%, 90 to 10. But I would encourage, think about how to, how to add the mergers and acquisition strategies to grow your business. Because like, I don't know any other opportunity how to grow your business by... Uh, year worth of sales in the afternoon like if you buy the same business that is the same revenue and you buy it for example for the things that you already have in the business the resources that you have like uh you can double the size of the business and if you look at the valuation of the companies that are one million dollars in revenue and 10 millions of revenue there's a huge gap like just by being much much uh, much bigger then you can do more of uh, looking for deals and partnerships and joint ventures and 
uh, and things like that. That's my favorite way how to how to grow businesses is by looking strategically how to uh, how to uh, add more revenue or get the resources that I don't uh, I don't need. So everybody who's going to have a phone call with me discussing how to get their business on the next level. I will think a little literally think about not about the marketing ads that I want to create or the salespeople I want to hire. If even the salespeople are important. And if you don't have salespeople in your business, hire them uh, because it can change your business. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, things about things like that. So if you want to add a, uh, new products to your product line, like is there another company that uh, that has the product already and you can buy it, merge with them or do kind of deal? And it's mindset shift and it's uh, it's study and learning curve to do that if you don't not uh, find anybody that can do it with you, right? But that's a favorite thing that I I like to do because if I buy businesses by itself, I have my resources and investors and financiers and things like that. But if I work with another business that is looking to grow by mergers and acquisitions, they have the financing options, they have the uh, cash available, they have other resources that they can finance or leverage to buy smaller companies. And then if you bought on these type of things, and do cross-selling and things like that, you can really enhance the value of the business and the size of the business. And I just enjoy these type of deals, right? So uh, I guess it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to notice, but uh, <laughs> I enjoy that. <laughs> but, uh, but you can start to thinking strategically. A lot of business owners think like tactically a lot, right? And you need to do all because you are yeah. not... You cannot just think strategically. Don't do anything, right? <laughs> you will not right. get far. But you need to combine that. And if you are managing the business day to day, or working in the business, and I'm working in a couple of businesses that I own, uh, doing things that I like and that I enjoy. And for some parts, I for some period of time, I want to put my roll up the sleeves and do something uh, interesting. So uh, that's cool. But sometimes it happened to me also, like you start working in the business and you are starting losing. I will be back really quickly mm -hmm. uh, right now. Yeah. So uh, so you are starting to lose the perspective of being outside of, uh, being outside of it. So I believe that's a great transition to think about. And if you, and the second uh, question was about how to protect yourself. Like, Partner with somebody who uh, knows what they are doing, has a system. It could be advisor, it could be investor. Like if you just find somebody who had sell, sold a couple of businesses for a great valuation, like and give the, give them a couple of equity to help you to get the higher exit value, like it will probably be worth a lot because like they can enhance the value value a lot and it doesn't need to take a long time if you have great business but mm. uh, like most business owners are leaving money on the table even in the uh, in terms of profitability or cash flow or value so these things these three like levels profits cash flow and value they can be optimized really quickly and create a huge value for the exit and it like we have a process for the first 90 days of ownership of any business that we go through and we optimize the cash flow, we find the uh, profitability, usually are able to grow the profits by 50 or 100% in first three months. 
If you just grow your profits by 50 or 100% in first three months, like your business is valued based on the profits, right? Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you turn the business from cash sucking business to cash generating business, and that's something that most business owners struggle because they are not strong in uh, in finance, uh, financial stuff. These are these things can be done pretty quickly and can enhance the value really fast. And uh, so, any investment in that would be worth more than hiring any person for your business, I believe, because uh, that will be marginal comparing to those type of things, right? Like, mm-hmm. just find find ten percent of the expenses that you are that you are uh, spending in your business and you don't need. And if your profit margin was 10% and you say, say, uh, save 10% of your expenses, like you will double the profits of your business and you will double the value of your business. And like most businesses can save 10%. If you feel it's not possible, it's because you're working in the business and not thinking about, you don't have the perspective, right? You feel like everything mm-hmm. is important. So some so just like quick tip, like, if you want to think about uh, like enhancing the profits, like just start to think about maybe sign every expense for for the business for the next three months. Like you will find ways to save. Like that's literally the exercise that I do. So just a little bit of uh, inside <laughs> inside now what we uh, what we do. Like that's the first thing, and especially I was. It's not published yet, but I recorded a short message for the business owners how to manage and protect the business in this inflationary periods is super mm-hmm. important right now because it's it it uh, puts pressure on expenses of those businesses and if you are not careful the inflation can can creep in. So I was uh, talking about three steps how to how to uh, how to manage the business in terms of in uh, in these times and uh, managing the profits and managing them uh, monthly following the trends and things like that. So yeah, if I'm speaking a foreign language too, like find somebody who understand that and can do it with you. Right. Right. But uh, there are not, these things are not the rocket science, but just a couple of things that you can do really quickly that can really create a huge value. You don't need to hire 10 people and do uh, huge acquisitions or double the size of your business, which could take take you like ten years, right? Right. Uh, and do small changes that will make a huge difference. But you need to know what changes will produce the difference in the value of your business, right? Right. And most business owners don't think about it that way, uh, so they sometimes work or or think that doesn't matter in terms of valuation of the business. So I know the report that you mentioned is great and. And finding those those things, and I'm using the same to think about my businesses. So I would definitely do that. And if you optimize just a couple of things, it can be a huge, a huge difference. And think about what's your ideal client in terms of ideal buyer, because then you can pre- prepare the business for sale to those ideal clients, right? If yep. you want to sell it to m it will be different if you will sell it to trade buyer, then you can start to... Th- pitching them about all these opportunities that you wasn't able to take advantage of because you don't have the resources. But if they buy it into their group with all the resources and distribution channels and things like that, they can scale the business pretty quickly and they can give you more value for that. Uh, but sometimes they are pain in the ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's a bit the private equity as well, right? You need to find the right buyer that will 
uh, that will uh, that will take your business to the next level. And think about what's most important in terms of selling your business. Because what I find usually, and there was a research about it, it's usually not price. Like by owners, business owners are more interesting in protecting the legacy, protect the employees, yeah. uh, and things like that. So, for example, businesses that we buy, we never change anything like that. We promise we will not change the brand of the business. We want to build upon the legacy and uh, and the brand that these business owners built over years. And then we can use these strategies and buy other businesses to that and uh, do things like that to make it even better. And sometimes business, these people want to have a part of the business still, like keeping 10, 20% of the equity so they can have a second like uh, exit when we optimize the business, take it to the next level, thinking those type of things. So you can find a business buyers that will uh, be better suited, even if they give you worse deal, uh, they can give you much more in terms of like, uh, yeah, taking care of the things that, uh, that they are important. This is the challenge with the trade buyer sometimes because they don't need uh, your, uh, your people. So sometimes they will fire them or they can change the brand. I never understand that. Like, why would you want to change the brand that it was built for, for the last 30 years? It's interesting because even like a big public company sometimes do it. They buy two companies and merge them together. All of them have like, both both have like 10, 20, 30 years of old brands and they merge it and create a new branding. Like, I don't understand that. Like, that's something that I, I feel it's so stupid, but uh, yeah. It's a hostile takeover. And sometimes it's uh, it's it's just a question of killing the competition, just so that you can uh, you can be the sole brand, uh, you know, in time. I, yeah, I guess it's a lot, a lot about the ego as well, right? Like, have you you be the CEO of the company and having this type of brand being the brand that will be known. So, yeah, but uh, yeah. So if you are a business owner. Uh, with a small and medium-sized business that uh, you want to sell, like think about what's most important for you in the price. And that's literally the question I ask first, uh, basically the f- one of the first questions I'm asking the, these people that are looking to sell or thinking about selling, like what's the most important for you? Like if it's a protecting the brand and employees, uh, I'm probably the good guy, the good person. If it's like a maximum valuation, like go to the your competitor. They will be able to give you more but sometimes they will just want to have informations about yourself, right? And they will not give you mm. off. And sometimes yeah, that, I, there's that. There's that yeah. daddy business too, right? It's a lot of people sometimes, you know, will come and get access. They sign an NDA, get access to your information, and they were never serious, and they use that information against you down the line. Yeah. And sometimes it's happened even, even during the due diligence process, like uh, even if, uh, with the private equity. So it's not about like private equity is this and, uh, uh, and then trade buyers are that. It's not like that. It's every, everybody is different, right? But yeah, I heard about stories that people spend like six months on due diligence and just for those private equity companies to find what's wrong about the business. So they will give you a great headline number first, but then you go to the due diligence, they will take 30 lawyers and accountants to go to your business and finding everything that's wrong and then say tell you like, yeah, hey, we give you ten yeah, million dollars, yeah. but we find out it's like it's worth one million dollars, right? 
And at that point, you tell everybody else that you are selling for that great money. So everybody spend their money somewhere else and yeah. uh, you are not in a great place. So th- these things can happen and be careful about it. So uh, yeah, sometimes we like to do the deals that involve as uh, least due diligence as possible. So it can happen quickly. And uh, we try to give offer the first, like a first offer that is pretty like um, realistic. And sometimes we lose deals that way because somebody else will give them better offer at the first place, but then they will lower it sometimes. So yeah, these things happen like every industry, I guess, has a has a their villains. <laughs> like yeah. we can talk about business brokers for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I think I think this is where you, you know having a partner is extremely important and an advisor is extremely important. And uh because Almost, uh, almost all the time, the deal, the upfront offer is going to be um, higher than what the final offer is when they do the letter of intent. Um, mm-hmm. The question is how much lower? Because once they start doing the colonoscopy of the business, yeah, uh, they inevitably are going to find something that is going to, you know, you know, lower the value, the initial valuation. Uh, the question is to get your 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 value to the point where, um, you know, it. You know, if you're not going to get more than what the initial thing is, uh, at least not significant, anything that is like 90% lower, like the exam, the extreme example that you gave. Uh, and that's sometimes, and by that time, a lot of owners feel like you know, they, they've been put in a bind because they've put a lot of effort and time into the deal. And, and to yeah, come and they would just back say, out. okay, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, and, true. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's a good good point that I would add, like, if you decided that you want to sell, like the same, like you are working with selling your product, into, like, I mean, your business is prime uh, to your customers. You want to create as uh, least friction as possible, right? To make the sale as smooth as possible. So do the same when you are selling the business. Like sometimes it's so hard to get information, like just having the information prepared in some the first thing that if we are helping preparing the business for sale, even hours for somebody else is like, we create a data room that all the information is stored. It's, it could be a Dropbox or whatever, that you have all the informations and you can just give it to prospects so they can really see what's going on really quickly. Then the process could be much quicker. And if it's much quicker, like, and it's much more pleasurable to get to work with you, it's uh, it will help you with the, with the terms and, and uh, the price as well, because they will know uh, and with the how the deal will happen, how fast it will happen. So, yeah, just create as yeah, eliminate as much friction as possible to make it as smooth as possible. Uh, maybe maybe be be willing to to think about some terms that you can give the buyer if uh, your business has any like a challenges or something that is not optimized and then you can you can do these deals uh, pretty quickly and find the buyer that will take your business to the next level and you don't need to sell 100% right you can sell a little bit less and uh, get uh, keep some equity that you can sell for much more later so yeah if you are staying flexible and know how the market is and uh, eliminate a lot of uh, a lot of friction in terms of selling the business. You are in a good place uh, to do the deal quickly. 
Wonderful. All right. Well, we're going to um, uh, bring this to a close. How can people, uh, you know, because you had mentioned your website earlier, how can people uh, find out more about what you do and, uh, you know, if they, they need to get in contact with you or follow your work? Yeah, sure. So uh, my website is crystalbartos.com, K-R-Y-S-T-O-F-B-A-R-T-O-S.com. If you can, like we can link a couple of resources, uh, resources below the video or, uh, or, or whatever. So uh, on the website, we have a couple of free resources, like we put together a free like ebook that uh, we put down 10 best strategies that we use to grow businesses, size, profits, value so you can sell it anytime you need or want there are articles and other things and we are preparing more stuff for for this year so uh we share like a business week uh, business tip of the week that we discuss all the time about things like that and if you are looking to sell your business maybe right now uh there's a like a, how to schedule a phone call with us and we can have a discussion and as i mentioned like if you are looking to sell and give us information we guarantee that we will give you an offer in less than 14 days so you can have a offer quickly and then you can decide whether it's good offer or not it's different type of story right but uh, mm -hmm. yeah so if you can link around this video some other resources would be happy to to give it but this uh this website is where everything is put together it's a little bit mix of the private equity company that we have and consulting group that we have that helps with businesses that we don't buy so it's like mix of both words but you will find everything there okay and we're going to have all that information on you know, in the show notes so in case uh, people are driving they don't have it you know the ability to write it down uh we're going to have this in the show notes so people can look up that information later on so, all right. Wonderful. Well, thank you, uh, Christoph, for joining us today.